one in front. episode, the members of this panel take turns assigning a film to watch and discuss. We have Ruth, Pahad, Eric, Shelly, and me, Takia. Today, today we're discussing White Oleander. All right, you should say Tagay. Today. Today. <laughs> it meant today. I wasn't saying that was that. last week's movie. Tagay. <laughs> I should have done that. Oh, you well. should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity. <laughs> I can always. I haven't edited it yet. I could re-record myself. You should you, you probably should. To gay, we're gonna be discussing. That is how you gay. So too gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh exactly. <laughs> okay, so this this movie, I uh, was my fa- one of my favorite movies of all time because um, I like kind of the theme of um, I guess feeling like you're you're held captive and then you're set free type thing it's also from the beginning okay so it's the it movie white olean was about a girl named astrid who um who lived with her self-centered photographer mom which was played by michelle pfeiffer um the girl astrid was played by a girl named um allison lowman yes i meant to look up some other movies that she's played in but um anyway yeah she's yeah she was so she was the girl named Astrid and her mom, she's a photographer. And one night she, she's obsessed with her, you know, this man that she's dating. One night she, and one day she takes her daughter with her and goes and goes to the ma- the guy's house after she hadn't heard from him in a while and uh, ends up murdering him with white oleander poison. Hence why movie's oh, no. name is called White Oleander. Okay. Um, I'm just going to explain some other themes to the idea of the white oleander flower, but I, I didn't know I found out from this movie that it has poison in it. I didn't know that. So that's how she ends up killing him. I think she put poison in his milk or something. So um, she gets back in, and then that night um, she's arrested and her daughter Astrid's world is basically turned upside down from there on. She's um, placed in foster care. She's, um, and she's sent to live, live with three foster care families. And each one is kind of a you know, whole different scenario the first one she goes through is um, is uh, a woman woman named Star who's a, a alcoholic born again Christian played by um, Robin Wright Penn yeah who's Robin Wright now and um, yeah she's supposedly this born again Christian but then she's kind of living this other life of not so Christian so <laughs> it's kind of the secular life so it's like is she isn't she Christian what's going on there so anyway she gets jealous of um, Astrid thinking that she was sleeping with her boyfriend, which she actually really was. But then I read, okay, anyway, yeah, she, so she ended up shooting her and she ends up going to foster care again. She meets this guy, um, played by Patrick Fugit, and they kind of get along and whatnot. And um, then she's sent to another foster home um, with a woman named Claire, played by Renee Zellweger. And um, she has her own problems within the, you know, with her and her, her troubled marriage with her husband. And, um, yeah, she ends up unfortunately committing suicide, leaving Astrid motherless again. And what was more devastating was the fact that Astrid, this, this one was, was um, probably the most, the mother, the mother figure that Astrid actually loved and needed. So 
that was devastating. And then um, she is kind of done with the whole, what seems like a perfect family thing and decide as she goes, she goes like to foster care. She is um, decides to be adopted by this woman, this kind of <laughs> fly by night woman. I don't know how to call her. She kind of lives this casual, like chaotic life that she's with. She adopts these girls, I guess, for money and they go and sell things and stuff like that. So um, if you notice each, and then she, Astrid kind of goes a bit, her personality, she kind of goes goth a little bit. And I mean, you know, she, her whole persona, personality changes. That's not so much personality, but her, her appearance. Okay. Then she, um, she visits her mom and her mom wants her, her mom wants her to testify for her. And um, then she kind of starts revealing more of her true manipulative ways. And Astrid realizes this is not what I want to do. She, I'll testify for you, but then I'm not you know, going to see you again or not. So um in the end, she pretty much ends up not having her testify. She, she ends up pretty much letting her go, leaving her daughter alone. And she goes to live with um, with the guy she met while in, in the um, in the foster in the foster home or the foster home, or to go yeah. So in New York City, so yeah. Um, I actually I really like this film. I like the fact that each time she went to live with someone, she became a different person and adopted the kind of the lifestyle of that person and like the. Um, like she went from being baptized in one foster care, this, uh, one home, it was just Star's home, to um, living this kind of beautiful life with Claire, then goes to more of a dark stage with the third woman, who I thought was, um, I thought she was Bebe Newworth or some, someone that looked like her. I don't, I don't know. I feel like she looks so familiar, but then I looked her up and she was a woman I'd never heard of before. I don't know why I was thinking Bebe Newworth, someone like that. It was weird. So I, yeah. Someone, anyway, yeah, so I like to see what you, your thoughts were about the movie and um, the idea of feeling like a prisoner when you don't, you're not really, you weren't really aware that you were a prisoner to this, in this way, in this case, um, Astrid's mom controlled her. Yeah, and she wasn't really aware that she was being, like, manipulated and controlled and she's kind of, she starts realizing that she's pretty much evil. <laughs> You know, this is not a good person. She's my mom's not a not a good person, a good person that I thought she was, whatnot. Um, so anyway, I'll start with Fahad, see what you thought about it. Thank you, Takia. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed the movie um overall. I I struggled personally because as many people know, Michelle Pfeiffer is one of my all-time favorite actresses. And it's difficult for me to watch her in a movie where you kind of don't like her um the character I mean even at the end when she redeems herself whatever I think it's like little you know too little too late kind of a thing but she was very like you said to kiss self self-centered selfish and it's hard for me to see Michelle Pfeiffer being that even as I'm watching it and when um her daughter is visiting her in prison and stuff seeing Michelle Pfeiffer as Michelle Pfeiffer sitting there I was like that would never happen I know. Um, so it was hard for me to kind of distance from that just because of how big of a fan I am of her um, but overall, it was it was a good movie, good story. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you all remember this movie, but it reminded me of a drama version of the movie North with Elijah uh, Wood. <laughs> yeah, I, I never saw the whole thing. But I need to, I need to see it. He didn't want to. He didn't like his parents, so he decided to find new families. So he would go visit all these different families and have all these different uh, weird experiences. Interesting. So it was like that, like. Oh, she's going from this one crazy family to this other and all these things. And, you know, eventually he learns that his family was the right family all along. But anyways, this was a drama version of that. Um, 
So that, so that was kind of interesting while I'm watching it. I was like, oh, who's, he, who's she going to visit next? But yeah, overall, as a movie, I enjoyed it. I appreciated it. Um, it's, it's sad to see that, you know, what she went through, but it's also sad, similar to um, our last movie, Swan Song, that kind of throws the reality of getting old into your face. This throws the sad reality of like the foster care system and how it is like this girl, you know, her mom committed this heinous crime, but her whole, whole world is destroyed as well. She is ripped away from her mom and she has to go live like a completely different life. So um, that's, uh, it was kind of hard to just see that and see kind of the realities that these people have to face. Um, the one thing that I did find interesting with the main girl is that each family she went to, she did, she took on that personality or their traits. Like when she went to the um, very religious house, she, she was, you know, getting into religion as well. Like when she went to visit her mom and her mom was very uneasy about that. But when she went to visit the actress's house, she started dressing more like her and um, getting more into that. And then when she went with the um, next lady's house, she uh, started dressing like the other foster kids and getting a bit more of that darker personality. Um, so that was interesting. And then some of the other funny things that are just pointing out some of the, um, the, the other characters or actors or actresses in the movie that didn't have big roles, but they're pretty big people now, big uh, stars now. Um, Melissa McCarthy, uh, she was the one loading her into the ambulance. Was like, there's Melissa McCarthy. Um, and then, uh, which and is I, interesting because she I was. No, I, it was interesting. I didn't realize that she was in it until, until this, like, the, the sixth time I watched it, I realized, oh, that's her. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's Girls interesting because so I guess she was in Gilmore Girls at yeah. the time because this was, what, 2002? She was. Um, so that yes. was interesting. And then uh, Taryn Manning being one uh -huh. of the other foster daughters in The Last House. Um, did she ever speak? A little uh, bit. She says okay. Renee, and now, now I know that's the name of the woman. I couldn't think of it either. Takia, <laughs> the third foster mother. Her name's Renee, yeah. right? Because Karen Manning says oh, Renee right. <laughs> in the back of that. <laughs> Renee. Um. So yeah. So I mean, overall, I enjoyed it. It's uh, it's a sad movie. Um. I mean, yes, her mom redeems herself at the end, but it's still a sad movie. She's still in the foster system. She still is dealing with everything. Her mom's going to be in prison. Like, it's not a happy ending of any kind. Um, mm -hmm. So that was sad. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, good movie. I don't know if I'll watch it again, but it was good. Awesome. All right. Um, next to my queue is Eric. Hello. <clears throat> okay. So I didn't know if I was going to enjoy this movie because I couldn't remember exactly what it was about. Um, I knew I would like the cast, but I, I was trying to think, like, I thought at the time this came out and I remembered the trailers that it was a little bit of a thriller. But then as it started, I thought, oh, this is gonna be like one of those teen coming of age melodramas. <laughs> but um, once I got a handle on the structure of it, I, I kind of liked what they were doing and which you guys have touched on already. What, they're, what they were doing was, you know, she's, she's separated from her, her mother and then she, she's trying to find her identity throughout the movie. So it's a movie about, she keeps trying new things and then they don't really work because they're not really her uh, and the situations don't work. And eventually I think we don't really see her fully end up there, but I guess by the end, she's realized like, I can make my own decision. I can start my own life. I don't have to be any of these people, least of all my mother. 
So I enjoyed that. Um, I disagree with Fahad. Fahad. Michelle Pfeiffer is also one of my favorite actresses, but I love watching her be vicious and calculating. She's so good at it. It's just, it's so delicious She's to good watch at her. it. But to watch her talk to people that way is so delicious to me. She's I can't great wait. at it. <clears throat> I can't wait for my turn. I just have to say, she's the most beautiful woman ever. Oh my gosh. How is she so beautiful? You like, can't take your eyes off her when she's on the screen. I was going to say next that, um, first of all, I love that they opened the movie with her, with her saying, my mother was the most beautiful woman I had ever seen. And I know people say, say that, but I'm pretty sure she was the most beautiful woman anyone had ever seen. And, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I, there was this point two thirds to the movie where I think it was when she was in, or maybe at the end of the movie when she was in the courtroom and they show her, they show Michelle Pfeiffer one more time. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, every time she's on screen, like everything lights up. And when, but, but here's the kicker, whenever they move away from her and they go back to other people, I'm immediately like, oh, everyone else is so hideous compared to her. <laughs> Even good looking people are just hideous compared to her. Yeah. So it's really hard to like, it's whiplash to switch from her to anyone else. But I also was like, you know, I don't know if you remember that scene in the, when she, I think it's the first time Astrid visits her in prison, she comes out and I don't know if you noticed, but she has a bruise on the side of her face. And my first thought was some bitch in there punched Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> oh no, no, no. <laughs> That's not gonna fly. <laughs> so yeah, I love that. Um, I, uh, and yeah, the, it, 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 I mean, you know, if Roe gets overturned, there's going to be probably a lot more babies in the system that have to go through horrible situations. And this movie really drives home the part of the problem, which is that, which is the reason why some people want to bring a kid in their home is not usually just because they want to take care of somebody. Uh, you know, the, the first person, it seems like uh, star, you know, Robin Wright, that she was just maybe making money off having the kids there or, well, part of it was probably money she was getting, but the other part was she was trying to pretend that she was living this good Christian family life um, when she wasn't. So having the kids there made it seem like, oh, it's a home I'm doing right. And, you know, this is charity. Um, but it was total nonsense because she was a mess. Uh, and then the second home, Claire was really, really nice but she didn't have her own shit together. You know, it was, she, she brought the kid in for selfish reasons because she, she was trying to save her marriage. Like so many people who have kids <laughs> are, are trying to do with that. Um, but, and then, but then of course, I think that's why Astrid chooses the third foster mother because she, she doesn't want someone who's going to quote unquote, try to make a family with her. She's like, I want the woman who's going to be honest with me and say, you know, look, you're a teenager. I'm just, why don't you come live with me? I'll, you know, you can work with me. Uh, we'll make some money together. And, and she's like, let's just do that situation. Even though, you know, it, it was kind of a mess too, but at least she chose the mess and everyone was being honest with themselves. Right. So I, uh, I also, I guess the last thing that, oh, well, I also wanted to say that uh, Fahad mentioned one of the paramedics was Melissa McCarthy, but I, I also knew the other paramedic. His name is John Billingsley. And he is, uh, he's from Star Trek and he's also in one of my favorite movies ever. So both of the paramedics were, were like these bigger people that I knew that, um, that uh, well, I mean, he's not as big as Melissa McCarthy, obviously, but, but I thought that was really strange. Um, it was also strange to see Noah Wiley in this movie because it's gotta be the biggest thing he ever got to do working opposite an Oscar winner. But uh, and, and, and on, the, on, how, on the 
subject of how beautiful Michelle Pfeiffer is, I was thinking to myself, do you, you guys, uh, this was like a fun little trip down memory lane to when Renee Zellweger was young and when Michelle Pfeiffer was the same. <laughs> She's like in her 60s now and you could barely tell. Um, the last thing I will say though is I, it, this just occurred to me because I think somebody said it out loud just a few minutes ago, but you know, the art that she makes with the suitcases, it's literally a suitcase of memories, which is a lyric from City Lopper's Time After Time. <laughs> oh, interesting. I love the suitcases. Cause I, I've, I've had, I've had students do art like that before. Just I've seen in different art, student art shows and like, it's, it's cool. Like, and I like what, what she did with the, um, is artistic and like said memories and yeah I, was, I, I wondered if you would be inspired by that I, I was very inspired I love that like not I would say a diorama but it's, it's another word for it but yeah I love art like that it's my favorite art yeah. when they first when they first showed them it's kind of from far away in the beginning mm-hmm. my first thought was oh this seems kind of kitschy crafty <laughs> but, but yeah. at the end when they actually hover over each of them and you can see the details it's like oh a lot of um care went into choosing items that um, sort of reflect the situation that she was in at the time. It's kind of like, have you, have you guys ever done a vision board? I've seen them, but I've never done one. Um, it's, I think you can use it for anything you want, but we, we learned about it in, um, in a fashion forecasting class uh, so that you know, if you're starting a new fashion line and you kind of want to get your concepts worked out first before you even start designing the clothes and you do that by doing a vision board so you can put anything on it, like pictures you've cut out of, of, of magazines, flowers, you know, items you found uh, in, in a jewelry box, all that kind of stuff. And then when you look at it in total, you get like a, 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 to- like a whole story and emotion that's very specific. And then it ho- helps to like, gather your thoughts on your design. So it reminded me of that, the way she collected all these things that made her think, like in her mother's was um, blue glass, right? And I'm not sure if that directly relates to anything in the story, but it kind of made sense to me. She was very, very, very beautiful, but very sharp. Like you could, it could cut you. Uh, And it was shattered, like like their lives together. well, speaking of metaphor, I also like the the metaphor of the title of the movie, White Oleander, and also the method of murder, because the white oleander is an extremely beautiful flower, just like Michelle Pfeiffer's character, but it's secretly poisonous, and, and she used it to kill somebody. So it's sort of like, watch out for, for a woman like that. <laughs> she may not be as sweet, sweetness and light as you think. So that I'll wrap that up for now. Um. Sorry, there was one thing I meant to point out that I forgot to when I was going was, um, you know, point out like Melissa McCarthy, Taryn Manning. But did you all also notice when Renee Zellweger and her were watching uh, Renee Zellweger's old, the character's old movies, they actually showed footage of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that Renee Zellweger was in with Matthew McConaughey. That was actually footage (laughs) from her old movie. I hate you. I was going to say that later. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching it and I'm like, Oh, she's looks like she's in a prom dress. Well, I know she was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then I see Leatherface behind her. I was like, oh, there's show that's pretty fun. <laughs> I thought that was such a cute little nod. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. It, it also shows sorry, it also shows you how different an actress's career can go because Claire is showing it. Claire is like a kind of a failed actress, and she's showing it like this was here's this B movie I was in basically, and my career has gone nowhere. But the real Renee Zellweger was in that B movie and then became a huge megastar. So you can come from anywhere. Well, thank you, Eric. Um, let's see, next one cue is uh, Ruth. Okay, um, so 
I will say when I was watching this, I kind of got different parts where I was kind of confused on what was going on um, with different things going on. But um, I know, but what I did know, notice, of course, was with Astrid and Ingrid at first, you see, they seem like this cute little mother daughter and the mom seems really sweet and great. And then you kind of get her character unraveled and realize how manipulative and verbally abusive and stuff like that that she is and um she says like basically um you know she wants her to have to be open and have her own like opinions and stuff like that but then you realize well it's only if this opinions that she believes and not she can't have her own opinion she has to kind of take that over and um all that kind of stuff and then when she is in the foster care with star you think oh at first I thought oh great you know she seems really sweet and then she kind of seems like how great she is but then she says like how she's gotten into like you know she's more religious now but before she wasn't quite down that path but uh then you find out it kind of more unravels is the fact that she kind of seems like she's taking the moral high road but she used to be a stripper and have like her other and um drinking and stuff like that and then you find out too her boy boyfriend is not her husband and that he's still I guess legally married um and then the little boy with the curly hair made it seem like that whenever that when she came things got worse but um was that is star really his mom because I thought she had some of her own children there too I don't know I feel like none of them were her children but I think maybe the old the girl Carol Lee oh okay that might have been her actual uh, biological daughter. Yeah. Um, I thought the boy might have been only because of the way that he kind of reacted a bit more like oh she's drinking and then kind of the way that he had that relationship it seemed more so oh, with the older sister that's the only reason I thought he might have also been her actual chi- her uh, biological child but, they really sidelined the um, African American child didn't they <laughs> you barely knew he was in the house yeah, um, yeah and then oh. um <laughs> Oh yeah, well, very white. Yeah, um, and then how Star gets jealous of of Astrid, and I think um, this is completely absurd and ridiculous and gross. Like about that because she's a child, and then with um, I forgot who the boyfriend, what what his name was. I mean, I know he's been in like Goodwill Hunting and stuff, but and he seemed like he towards the end of when he, she was at that foster house. Did they make it apparent towards the end that he may have raped her? No, he, she willingly, I think, consented to sex with him. Okay. How old was she supposed to be in this? I could never. I think she was 13 there. 13? I think so. Yeah. 15, actually. 15. Yeah, I thought I had read 15. Oh, I thought I read that her mother was put in jail when she was 12. So she couldn't have been that old. If that's the case, I wonder if they changed the age because like, if it was a book originally. So I wonder if like the book had one age and the movie to make it a little more palatable. That's a bad way to say it. <laughs> Up her age a little bit. Cameron posted that. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask something related to that. Uh, th- this movie, I felt like it skipped over a couple of things. Maybe I don't know if that's because they were trying to they didn't want to put too much really strong uh, content in it or we're trying to get a rating or something but for instance uh, they really make you wonder if they did have sex her and ray um so they don't show anything you're just meant yeah. to implied and then there's also this part yeah. i'm pretty sure when we meet the little boy 
he doesn't have a broken arm, right? But by the time she leaves the house, he has a broken arm. Am I wrong? And so I wondered, like, if there it happened, but they didn't show it to us. They just put him in a, in a cast and said, and hoped that we would understand, like, behind the scenes somewhere, somebody pulled his arm too hard and, and he broke, or it's, you know. Like, yeah. It's either maybe a plot hole or it was maybe a scene that was cut out or something. I wondered that. I wondered yeah. yeah, I just remember thinking, when when the hell did his arm get broken? I mean, it yeah. makes sense in that it's household, but I was like, why wouldn't you show us? <laughs> Those scenes get cut. And it's like, why is that? <laughs> it's also a little bit like Cameron Post, where they kind of don't even sh they don't they're not showing the worst of it. They're kind of hiding it, and then just talking about it later. Like, okay, yeah, because then you don't know how much of it might be implied and how much of is it actually you know did or didn't happen. Yeah, I was like, did I imagine? I don't know. Yeah. Is it for your own interpretation or are you they trying to really make a, some valid point somehow? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I just noticed, yeah, like how we're saying to you about how she kind of gets in these different situations, which are completely different and um, which are, you know, not good situations for her. Uh, but at least I know uh, Renee Zellweger's character at least treated her the most like a daughter um and the thing that i disliked the most was how michelle pfeiffer like really pushed her over the edge and um because she was so jealous and hurt i guess that she had someone that made her happy and then the next time after all that when she had been with um the last foster care lady she was with her image completely changed of how she dressed and then she was all work you know upset and worried about that and i thought you know do you not feel a part of any of this type of situation of how you're kind of weaving your own web of things, but I don't know. What do y'all think in that part of scenario, I suppose? Uh, I kind of, she, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, it's kind of hard to see her um, as a mother um, because of the way she, she behaves with everyone, the way she talks. She's, she's almost like too intelligent, too cerebral. Um, but I think that moments like that, um, if you pay attention really closely, clue you into the fact that she is a mother like anyone else so you know when she shows up looking she's suddenly brunette and she's all goth uh or ethnic as renee called brunettes <laughs> huh. I don't know you remember that um but uh, uh michelle pfeiffer i think it, she feels like a pang of, of hurt because she's she has to watch her daughter slowly change without her because she's on the outside and there's nothing she can do about it and she's slowly becoming someone else and not always, I would say in all three cases, not for the better. Uh, I don't think any of those households helped her become a better person. I think her mother was actually raising her really well. It's just that, um, like she says at the end, um, everything was always about her. Um, so she was, she was very selfish. Like it, it had to work out for, for the mother or, or it wasn't going to happen. And, and that's not good. I think um, I wrote down here in my notes, a note that when you become a parent, you lose the right to any independence. Like you don't get to just do what you want. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And but Michelle Pfeiffer never got her character never gets that memo. She she wants to continue living her life exactly the way she wants it. There's just a kid on the side. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 thank you, Ruth. Um, uh, you, we done. I'm sorry. We did you have, did you have something else you want to say? Um. Yeah. I think it's that seems pretty, yeah, pretty good for me. Awesome. All right, Shelly, and you're next on the queue. So I, I, I liked 
like everyone else has said, I like the acting was really strong and I liked the story. I was wondering if I might, <clears throat> sorry, like the uh, book better. Cause there were so many things that I wanted to know that we didn't see. Then I couldn't stop thinking about those. <laughs> like you find out that she poisoned him and maybe I'm just reading into everything too much. She poisoned him with white oleander, but how did they find out so quickly? Like, did she leave a note? Because if he's poisoned, they wouldn't know till the autopsy. And then I don't know that when they run like a talk screen that that would come up on it. So it was actually a clever way to, to kill him because I don't know that in reality, would she have gotten caught? Um, I wondered did also some time pass too in between like maybe a few days pass and they did the autopsy and all this stuff, but they didn't show that in the movie. That's, that's what I was thinking too. And maybe they did find all that. I could have sworn she was wearing the same clothes, and those, yeah, unless those are just like she was arrested that night. That's how yeah. they made it look, yeah. That's what it looked. And, and then it kind of bothered me then when they moved to her trial happened so quickly, and then it was like yeah. that, it seemed like it happened that day, and it in reality it would be like a year yeah. later. So she would have been in foster care for a year. But I get that. I mean, probably in the book, maybe the timeline is different. Maybe just trying to put it into a movie. But I couldn't stop thinking about that. And then it kept bothering me. I thought she wouldn't, the, the trial wouldn't have happened yet. <laughs> but um, so these are just, those just small issues I had. And then then um, every single person, every adult in it was awful, like evil. Her mother was so evil. And I love Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, her. she's an awesome actress. She played this role perfectly. But golly, that lady was evil. She left her daughter, you find out, from a little girl. She just took off for a year. How traumatic. And, and she didn't think her daughter would remember, which is scary. The thought that I would just, like, leave Link one day and for a year and then come back. So it's like, and then her, her poor daughter, Astrid, wanted to know about her father. And... She never would tell her about him. You know, then, and I thought then someone else would have um like claim to her like ownership. Right. And she and, just and wanted, she wanted her all to herself. Um, so she was just terrible. And then all of these foster moms had so many Star was just awful. And then her um husband boyfriend was awful because he was married to someone else, had a child he hadn't seen in five years, and was ended up sleeping with this child he so seemed like he seemed like a good guy though and i mean because his story is his wife and son like left him and and so everything he said it sounded like okay he sounds like an upstanding guy and then that moment where he decides he's gonna have sex with her i'm like oh my god I so know. there's like literally I no know. good people <laughs> oh it was so awful and then um renee zellweger's what was her character's name Claire, I think. Well, she she loved Claire. That's right. She clearly cared about her. I mean, it was a great place for her to be, but she also had lots of problems because they had given up another foster child. They had given them back, which is an awful. You're supposed to be going through foster care, you know, foster parent, being a foster parent to care for children, not use them to, you know, fill your whatever void you're supposed you to have. return them you're not supposed to return yeah. and then that made me return um, noah wiley because he was just like you promised this wouldn't happen again return her it was just blah and that oh michelle when she whatever she said to claire 
that made her go through with taking all the sleeping pills. I mean, she was just so awful to her. She knew her daughter cared about this woman and this woman was taking care of her in the best way that she could. And she just had to ruin that for her. It was just so upsetting. There was not a single positive um, adult. Yeah. Yeah. And so I liked, I, I did enjoy the movie. And then the only other thing that bothered me was kind of the flashbacks came out of nowhere. And I had to like orient myself to, all right, what's happening here? This is in the past. What does this mean? Um, and I, I was shocked. I was shocked first when she killed it. She made it made it seem that when she killed Barry with the white oleander, that it was more of a violent death than that probably would have been. Um, yeah. So that was kind of shocking. I was expecting it to come out that it had been like a violent death. And then when Robin, um, when Star shot Astrid, that was shocking to me. <laughs> oh my I can't believe that. Wasn't expecting that. By the way, that that CPS agent who keeps placing her with homes should have yeah. been fired immediately. She put her in a home where she got shot, and then she put her. <laughs> and in and not only was she shot in that home, yeah, the, and the man in that house, yeah, had raped her. It was statutory rape, whatever. It was awful. And then she puts her in a home with a with a mother that commits with a suicidal woman. Yeah, are they, are they literally not vetting these households whatsoever? Like they have just have so many kids that they need to place that they don't even care who's taking oh. them. It's ridiculous. And and every time the woman comes back, she's like, "Well, driving you to your new place is like <laughs> what?" Jeez. Have this? And she looks like totally non affected by what has happened to this child she's supposed to protect. It made me so mad. I wanted to I wanted to hurt her. And then. One other thing. So they kept referencing, what is DCMO? I have not actually heard of that drug, but I guess it's something else you could possibly get in Mexico. They were driving to Mexico to get that. and uh, Before when I looked it up, I thought it was um, some kind of antidepressant thing, but let me see. Dimethyl sulfoxide. It says like biology medicine, uh, veterinary medicine. Maybe it's not real. <laughs> Oh, it, this is the Wikipedia page. So oh. it seems like um, it has a lot of different applications that aren't, you know, they're not drugs and it's not necessarily poison. But so she was trying to make up a story, I guess. We're, I'm going to get this substance so that I can use it on something, you know, because <laughs> she said she makes a comment. She's like, oh, it has lots of use. Is that the drug that they went to get to kill him? That's the story she told Astrid, but oh, she was, but she was really getting white really Okay, now I get now I'm Yeah, yeah. Oh, how embarrassing. I get it. I get it. She was very serious about that. If she drove all the way to Mexico, geez. It seems like she planned a really amazing murder. So that is what I was confused by her getting arrested so quickly because because like look, she went out of the country to get a flower. She brought that back. She steeped it in milk. And then he drank it and died. That seems like almost a perfect crime to me. Like how hard would it, I would imagine it would be hard for them to know that that's what happened. How would they know? How yeah. would they? That's the only thing I think of that maybe. How would they know immediately? A week later. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe she's having to have the same clothes on and by coincidence or something. I don't know. They did seem like pajamas. So I guess she could wear them every night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe. It could have been any time later. Yeah. But it seemed like they woke up the next morning and the cops were at the door. So she was still in her PJs, but I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So yes, that that or those are my thoughts. So how great was Robin Wright Penn? Or I just always, Robin, I guess we should say Robin Wright. <laughs> I loved her in Forrest Gump. I loved her in House of Cards. She's awesome. Oh, in the toy or is it toys? Toys. 
I love Look, her voice. You know? I love don't her forget the Princess Bride. The Princess oh, yes. Bride. Yes. I know. That I I named everything else but the Princess Bride. Yeah, she's she's amazing. I just love and her. She's just, beautiful as well. She's she's really pretty. pretty. Yeah, she is. But gorgeous. again, looks like trash if you look at Michelle Pfeiffer right beforehand. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> put a bag over it. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't always. She didn't have the best uh, fashion sense, but you know, oh, she dressed well, just I like. Think that was, yeah, that was the point. She was. It's cute though. There's kind of a. It's almost like an. She's a character from Edward Scissorhands. That sort of fifties, <laughs> uh, housewife glamour. <laughs> Even though it was, she was decades too late for that. <laughs> um, I have one fact I learned about the movie. I actually learned this years ago. I forgot. I meant to read about it again. And then I'm, I'm gonna ask us a question about um, the movie in terms of like her phases of her life after during foster care. Um, fact. Uh, I learned that she was uh, Astrid, well, Alison Lohman, who played Astrid, she was wearing um, wigs. She goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> the movie before then, she was she played a cancer survivor. She was apparently uh, bald from playing a cancer survivor. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So she went into this movie, right? I think filming the movie, I think the same time as, or just right after the cancer movie, and she wore wigs for this movie. So, yeah. That's why she was so easily, easily able to switch hairstyles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, well, and I, I thought it was funny that, um, you know, when she, she's living in uh, McKinney Hall, Mac, uh, and then she cuts her hair horribly. After she was done, I remember thinking, I think that makes her sexier. So if she was trying really? to make herself less <laughs> beautiful, she has no. really not succeeded. Because <laughs> I think people will be more attracted to that look than they would to her sort of like, I've been in a cult long blonde. Interesting. Thing. Take one. Because you yeah. think the long blonde hair, but I, that's an interesting take on it, Eric. Yeah. I just thought it, looked, it was like a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tequila, you know, you were asked, you were mentioning earlier, you hadn't looked up to see what else she's been in. Um, yeah, she was the girl from Drag Me to Hell. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, I wanted to see that again. That's oh. a great movie. That scared, it, this, scared the poop out of me. See, I don't remember. I remember being yeah. so excited to see the movie. And then I always remember being let down after I saw it. So I feel like I need to rewatch it because it has a huge cult following, right? Like a lot of people love that yes. movie. But it's hot because you and I saw it together and we both walked out like, I thought it was going to be bigger. Yeah, something more, but... <laughs> That's why I, I didn't like watch scares. it. I thought that was good, but yeah, that's right. You, she was, she was, but that was, it's funny. That was many years later too. It wasn't like 2012 or something. Yeah, or you know, she was like 20 when she filmed White Oleander. What? Oh, really? Something like that. She's, she was, like, she's like 40, some, four, I, I can't remember how old she is, but she's in her 40s. What? She's our age? Yeah. Gosh. Allison Lohman is 42. That's why it wasn't so her flirting with the, um, <laughs> the, guy with the guy because she looked i mean she didn't she looked maybe i kept thinking she was like 16 to 18 i thought it's like 16 but shelly this is what you wanted every movie we've watched to do and finally a movie (laughs) thank god it was 20 years ago so when this movie in 2002 she was 22 years old she's already she's 42 right now yeah i didn't know that what wow wow so that's yeah exactly like eric said shelly that's like what do you get a 20 year old to play this like 15 year old but it still makes you uncomfortable right because she doesn't look old enough no she doesn't yeah yeah and i would i would always suspect a man who is attracted to a girl who looks like that i'd be like 
is he attracted to her because he likes how young she looks? Because that's creepy to me. Yeah. Yes. She's not like a that's child. That's unfortunate too. for the girl then, right? Because it's not her of fault. Of course, of course, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. sounded young too, like very young. Yeah. Kind of matured as she went, obviously, because she, she had had a mature past, unfortunately. Yeah, that's why she had somewhat of the potential to be casted because she did look so young, I guess. Also, yeah. For the character. Oh, so um, I just want to ask, like, what, what part of her foster life, of the three foster homes, did you guys like the best in terms of, like, what was there anyone in particular that you really got into? I, mean, I, bet, I, thought, I thought all of them were interesting, but, like, was there one more than the other? That makes sense. Like, did you like the one with her goth face, her, the, 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 her um, baptism? Like, the, 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 I, like, I liked how she was when she was with Renee Zellweger's character. Yeah, that's, okay. that's because. Yeah. She actually, I mean, she even said that was the only time she felt loved. So even though it was kind of a messed up situation, yeah. um, while she were in the beginning, while she was there, she was happy and taken care of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, she she liked spending time with her. And Claire, right? That's her name? Claire and Claire got her art classes. Yeah. And, she um, really looked out for her. And Claire even asked her, you know, describe what, what was your best day ever? And she said, today like, this was yeah. the best day i've ever had yeah that, that yeah that broke my heart yeah and she must have um we we touched on a little bit earlier and shelly's mentioned something too about things that she felt like were skipped and she wanted to know more about and i think it goes to what i was saying about how you know like i said like was the kid's arm broken we didn't see it just suddenly he's in a cast it feels like the whole movie was directed like that where they they really jumped from scene to scene very quickly so it, there wasn't, it didn't really go, like the narrative wasn't really tied very, like even in, you know, in one act, like one home, uh, suddenly, you know, she's sitting on a hill with the kid and they're just having a conversation. And then two seconds later, they're in some other scene uh, and they're all stitched together and, and they did a good job, but it does seem like they jump and it's hard to tell how time moves. But yeah. in the Claire home, did you notice how much her hair grew out? She was there a while. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like maybe as much as a year with Claire, which when you realize that, it's so much sadder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> she wasn't just there a couple of. Weeks. <coughs> she was. She like really thought this was going to be her home. Yeah, and, and what was terrible was when she went and talked to her mom again, and her mom was telling her like they were kind of arguing about all this stuff, and then when she talked about Claire, Michelle Pfeiffer's character's response was like, you know, with Claire, I just gave her the nudge, like. She knew exactly what she was doing to Claire. Like, she wasn't, I think at the moment when Claire died, she was a little surprised, like, what happened. But later on, when she goes to visit her again, she said, like, well, I just gave her that nudge. Like, those thoughts were in her head already. So it's like she knew that she could manipulate her to potentially kill herself. It's just terrible, like, how manipulative and conniving she was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This jealousy that her daughter could potentially be happy somewhere else. Yeah. And she's willing to get that great of a length for someone to take their life to do it. I mean, this, this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but when that happened, she was trying to explain herself to Astrid. Um, part of me was thinking, well, I mean, in a way, she's being a good mother. Like she knew that wasn't a household she should stay in and she shouldn't get comfortable. So she just sort of sped it along so that- That's not the way to do it. I, I, I know, I know, yeah, but I was like, you know, in a way- when is... she died, she had to wake up and give this woman CPR. It was awful. Well, there's no way Michelle Pfeiffer could have known that's that. A tra- that's a bit of trauma. Did Michelle Pfeiffer's character not think of that? Put your child- Trauma makes you strong. 
also, um, so I, I obviously had never seen the movie. I didn't know fully what it was about, but I do want to say that the opening sequence where Michelle Pfeiffer's sitting out on the roof ledge or whatever and tells her daughter to come sit with her. I was like, where's this movie going? Like, I thought like, is Michelle Pfeiffer's character going to jump off or try to throw <laughs> her daughter off? Like, I didn't what? know where this movie yeah. was going to start off. I was like, what is, what am I about to watch? I thought that too. I thought, I thought she was, I thought it was going to turn into a scene where Astrid was terrified of heights because it seemed like she was and her mother was going to force her to like look over the edge and it was going to be kind of a quasi abusive thing. They didn't go that way, but (laughs) one of them was going to fall off and die. And then it would just be a bunch of flashbacks leading up to that or something. But interesting. (laughs) Um, You I'm glad you brought that up because one of the other things, it's probably the last thing I have to say about this movie is um when they introduce Michelle Piper's character, you know, she's like, oh, she's beautiful and she's sort of effortless and she's sitting out there on a rooftop in bare feet. And she's been there for hours just thinking about her art and staring at the city. Uh, and it made me think of, do you, do you guys know the term manic pixie dream girl? No. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised actually. Um, it's a it's a well-known trope in film and television, which, you know, once I describe it to you, you'll see it in all kinds of things that you watch, but it describes mm-hmm. a certain kind of character. It's always like this, this younger girl who she's very independent and very quirky. Her fashion's quirky. Her ideas are very profound. And usually she is like the catalyst in some um, story about a boy, a boy or a man meets this girl and it changes his life. It makes him jump out of his shell and, and think of things differently and yada, 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 yada. And yada, yada, yada. You know, it, it's been so overdone. It's kind of annoying. And so when they introduced her like that, I was like, oh my God, she's like a manic pixie dream girl grown up. But then by the end of the movie, I was thinking, oh, but see the kind of person she is, <laughs> that might be what the manic pixie dream girl always grows up to be. <laughs> they probably start out real fun, really fun and really cute. But, you know, over time, the crazy becomes apparent. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then it starts to be destructive to people. Exactly. Huh. I did it again. I killed the conversation. <laughs> well, oh, you yeah. even, well, you even started off like this is. I think the last thing I have to say about this movie. <laughs> I didn't mean it was the last thing you guys should have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, drop, walk away. Okay, I'm ending the meeting now for all. Okay, I can I do that? Okay. No. I, I was gonna say um, the part where he uh, Patrick Fugit's character. I forget his name, but um. Was, Go back to that in her life in the uh, the Mac home, the Mac uh, place. Tell me about he, he said that at least you're not you haven't been ugly your entire life. So that was like sad, you know. And then she was like later, you're not ugly, and yeah. So that's kind of interesting we'll scene there. Like I like the fact that he wasn't even if you notice, you know, he wasn't like they didn't choose the the, the, the hottest guy to play her boyfriend. I kind of like the fact that he was a kind of a down to earth guy that was most like it wasn't attractive, but like he was, you know. A nice guy, you know, creative and yeah. the at least they didn't cast the latest One Tree Hill guest star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked that. I liked seeing someone down, you know, back and look, look, look like a supermodel for once, you know. And and they got they got along. They had the same similar experience, sad experiences, and um, yeah. So I don't know what you guys thought about that, but I like. I actually kind of like that. But how about how badly she treated him when she came back? Yeah, but you know, I and the thing is not. Yeah, I don't know. She shouldn't act, act like that. But I think also she was a little bit, she was traumatized because she came back after after Claire died, right? Well, she's like, trying to protect herself, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't yeah, get attached to anybody. That and I think there's a little bit of trauma there too. I think that's also yeah, like you said, Eric. I think a little trauma was there too. So I think also. But it's, it's sad that she 
I guess she decided she she wasn't a good judge of who was a good person, but it yeah. said that she couldn't see that he was. Yeah, that's what I was going to, yeah, that's, yeah. And I'm glad the end, they, they, they she kind of realized, okay, yeah, that this is. Well, I'm glad that yeah. her mom didn't interfere with that because every other person mm -hmm. her mom interfered with. And she tried to with him because when she showed him, the art showed her mom his art, yeah, his mom artwork. put it down. Yeah. It was a little cartoony, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but you don't say that to your 15-year-old yeah. mother about her boyfriend. And he was just a kid. <laughs> she was showing just evil. Mm. Yeah. Okay, it's that time again for... Ba-ba-ba-bum! Recast! We close each episode with the recast game, where we each play casting director and choose a different actor from any era, living or dead portray a character in the film instead. First up is Shelly again. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so I, there's two characters that I have recasts for and they're both minor-ish characters. My first one is um, Barry, I believe his name was, the man that was murdered. So I Immediately when I saw him, I thought of uh, the big Lebowski guy. Oh, yeah. He kind of had the hair. Anyway, that so I was going to put Jeff Bridges in that role. And the second is Star's boyfriend. I put Matthew McConaughey in that role. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Thank you, Shelly. Um, uh, Ruth? Uh, for some reason, this just kind of popped in my mind. I thought about for uh, who, Renee Zellweger, who played Claire. I thought of um, The Shining. I thought of the one who plays Jack uh, Nicholson's wife. For some reason, I thought she would be good at playing a bit of both parts, I feel like. Shelly yeah. Duvall? Was that her name? Yeah, I think so. Being like real sweet and then, but still having kind of her, you know, obviously she had some really trauma going on with her too, but yeah. Okay, oh, okay, so next is uh, Eric. <laughs> okay, so I'm still mad at Fahad for, for mentioning Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 earlier. <laughs> but I thought that it would be, I'll do two recasts. Um, I'll do my original, which was, I thought it would be fun since they showed that clip, which was from real Renee's career, that they actually had Matthew McConaughey play her absent husband instead of Noah Wiley. Although he's a little bit of probably too big of a star, even at that time to have done that, it would have been a bit distracting, which it's good to have Noah Wiley there because he wasn't quite as famous. But um, so I thought that would be cute to have them both play those parts since they were both in that movie together. Wait, did and, you, um, sorry, did did Shelly, you also recasted somebody else with Matthew, yeah. Hunter, right? Is that yeah. a first? Have we done that? So. <laughs> the same actor chosen, but for different parts. This was obviously, yes, post-ER. How many years post-ER? Oh, he was on there since the beginning, right? Which was 96 or something? Yeah, but how right. long did he stay but on? But I mean, it was this movie. Um, it might have been ER was still going on when this it was movie still going was on. on. But I, he, he might have already left by then. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, so for my second one, I thought um, since Renee Zellweger was an actress who had been in a, uh, a horror movie, uh, when she first started out, I thought it'd be fun to choose another actress to re to recast her with that had also been in a horror movie when she was younger, but an actress who, like the actual character of Claire, had not had such an easy time finding work after. And that would be um, Kyle Richards, oh. which I actually think she would have been good at this because she's very sweet. 
she takes care of people. And when she like breaks down and cries, like as we saw in Halloween Kills, um, you know, it's very, it's very poignant. So I think that she would have pulled that off and this would have been 20 years ago. So um, I think even at that exact time, she would have been good for the role. So Eric, your recasts are two firsts for us. One is the first time recasting the same actor, somebody else already recasted, but for a different character. And the first person to recast somebody with a real housewife. You know, I like to be a leader in my field, so. Yep. Who was an actress at some point before she was a real housewife. So it's not like you picked a random real housewife and said, I think they should be in this. Actually is an actor. I wouldn't pick any other housewife. (laughs) Okay, thank you, Eric. Um, Bob. Thank you. So for me, (laughs) Claire seems to be a popular person people want to recast. Um, (laughs) So I also chose Claire because some of her mannerisms and as I watched her reminded me a lot of Ellen Pompeo who plays Meredith Grey from Grey's Anatomy. um, Especially back then when uh, Ellen Pompeo, you know, was younger too. Um, I thought she could have done a good job playing that actress, especially there's that one, there's this one moment where Claire kind of sat in a chair, but she got all the way up. So like her knees were up towards her chest, her feet were on the seat and just kind of like the way she sat and then talked was very much like something I could see Ellen Pompeo do as well. So that's my recast. Oh, and also, sorry, there was something I forgot to mention earlier. It'll only really matter for Eric. Eric, did you recognize the hotshot lawyer that was hired at the end to be um, uh, her lawyer, to be Ingrid's lawyer? I did, Amy Aquino, and I looked her up because I was like, why do I know her? And I don't know that I could really- Callie Rocha. Oh, sorry. No, Amy Aquino was the CPS, but yes, I, I recognize Callie Roca. Yeah. Hal, Hal Freck from Buffy. Anya's friend? Oh, Kelly? that's why. <laughs> I see. I, I just looked quickly for IMDb and I was like, I, I've seen a lot of these things, but I don't think any of this is why I know her, but that is definitely why. I love Yeah, her. as soon as she was on the screen, I'm like, that's Hal Freck. <laughs> I love it. Right. Okay, Tiki, I'm done. <laughs> hey, thank you, Fahad. I would cast two people. Um, I should I cast Astrid as um, with Chloe Grace Moretz. We just saw her in the um, Miss Education Cameron Post. I liked her teen troubled thing, so I thought about her for the role of Astrid. And I recast Claire, like everybody, like we all did, with um, <laughs> Lauren Graham. Because, um, huh. yeah, she's kind of got a quirk about her after, you know, I've seen her obviously all episodes of Gilmore Girls. And so to see her having this kind of playing this role, this Southern twang and with the Southern twang and all that stuff, that she, like, yeah, so I can see her in that role acting kooky and crazy so i've seen her she she played a couple of comedic roles and so i I can see her yeah playing the role of player somehow so now are Uh, these all actresses that we think of as mothers or that we want to see die on camera (laughs) uh i think they're just kind of i've seen it somewhat versatile so that's what for me that's just kind of what what, what i was thinking about that's what she's a mom she's actually not she's not a mom in real life so i just just thinking about how her her versatility. So I just looked it up and Noah, Noah Wiley was still on ER when this oh, movie was made because he left 2005. Uh-oh. And that show lasted from 1994 to 2009. That's wow. 94. Whoa. Way too long. <laughs> well, Grace is still. Grace is on like season 18 or something. Yeah. Right yeah, so they watched it. There's something about those medical shows that just last and last. Like, What's how many thing? ways that can somebody be sick or hurt or dying? You know, like, they always have to come up with something new. It's crazy. Yeah. Even Scrubs stayed on for long. That was more of a comedy uh, yeah. medical show, right? Yeah. That is 
terribly long, but still. Last so Noah Wiley was a pretty big TV star then at this time. Yeah. Um, is that was enough? Takia, you you know the movie dates too. Did enough come out that same yeah. year, two thousand two? Yes. I, yeah, that's I, what I, I thought. So when yes. I saw it, because he was in, he was in enough as well. He was like the crooked yes. cop. Yeah, he was the crooked cop. Yep. Yeah, I love that movie too. It's well, I think too. I've seen it so many. The thing I just read, apparently, like apparently the highest paid TVs, whatever, making money on ER. So, um, oh. in that season, whatever. That's only because George Clooney had already left. Well, I know. Oh. <laughs> He wasn't on for very. I I don't know. I'm not a big. I'm not an ER buff, so I, I'll. I I watched in the '90s a bit, but um, yeah, that was yeah, all, yeah. maybe when in I was like thir- 1994. I was like 13. So um, we we actually mentioned Cameron Post a couple times, which oh, reminded yeah. me. Uh, Takia did. Uh, Fahad just told me today, but they're making a gay conversion camp horror movie starring Kevin Bacon, and it and it's going to what's the service, Fahad? This. Oh, Paramount or Peacock? Paramount. No, Peacock, 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 Peacock. So that. we were talking about how that might be the they may uh, may use um, the plot points that we wished were in Cameron Post's like the the really like dark <laughs> storylines. That yeah. would be interesting. A, a show? No, I think it'll be a movie. Oh, a movie. Yeah, it's a movie. I think a when show would be better, like a series. I can see that. Yeah. When is that supposed to come out? August. I haven't seen Kevin Bacon in a while. That's what he's been up to, I guess. Doing <laughs> Anna Klumski's in it too. Yeah. Oh, uh, Kevin Bacon was up. in a horror movie like two years ago where Amanda Seyfried played his wife, which is ridiculous to me because there's like a 25 year age difference or something. It, it made me so mad I didn't even watch it. <laughs> it's like that thing I sent you the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. a prime example. I'm like, I know Kevin Bacon still looks good for his age, but there are women who look good for his age as well. And That's they should be cast as his wife. Why are you giving him a child? Like somebody who could literally be his daughter. <laughs> Did I you say not... Anna, Anna, how do you say her name? Plumsky. What was she in that I just watched? Oh, she was in- um... Inventing Anna. She was yeah, a inventing journalist. Anna. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 She was a journalist. Yeah. She's also in Veep for all seven seasons and is wonderful oh, in really? it. That's impressive. Yes, very good. Um, Takia, this is mostly for Takia and Fahad, but just another note about horror movies coming up. Apparently Tubi is making its own originals now, and next fall, they're releasing a remake of Terror Train. Oh, oh exciting! I love Terror Train. So, yeah, it could be a mess, but I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why don't you I'm let me curious know how, how they'll update that. <laughs> May I just let, let you know how, let me know how it is. Or, or we can all just watch it together or something, but yeah. I'll be, that would be yeah, nice. you know, a fun night with pizza and popcorn and just... Where you don't care if it's bad or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now, guys, it's time to rate the movie. Um, raise your thumb when you. It will count down once you get your your, your comment in the box. So we got Ruth, we got Eric, we got Shelly. Super white hand. I'm just putting right. still putting mine in here. Okay, on zero on the row of zero, three, two, one, zero. Okay, Eric, three point five. Fahad, three point two five. Takia, four. Shelly. Three, Ruth, 3.25. This is the first where it's not like all over the place. Yeah, it's within <laughs> one point, like from three to four. And yeah. yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> the average is a 3.4. Okay. That's not bad. Cool. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't give it a five if it's one of your all-time favorite movies. 
And it has a lot of good yeah, actors. In I look at every at all the things. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I didn't give it five. I maybe I wanted to see. I, was, I wanted to see maybe a little more. Like you guys were mentioning it. Right. Know, so, uh, yeah. More things it, to fill in the gaps. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. The, I liked it. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, but that's funny why I didn't give it five. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Guys, look at this poster. They had to Photoshop everyone except Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> And she has a wonderful name, Michelle. Michelle. Exactly, Mm. Shelly Michelle. Oh, yeah. I always forget your name is actually Michelle. (laughs) Michelle. So, Michelle. 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 The one who who's all the way on the left? That's That's Allison Roman. Oh, well, it doesn't look like she looks next like kind of like her, Claire Danes or something. And the next to her looks like um, Reese Withers. Oh, yeah. It doesn't look like one of their eyes. It definitely doesn't really look much like Robin, right? No. Really, the only two on the right are the ones that look like themselves. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. But they have washed Renee out to like yeah. Yeah. the limit of saturation. <laughs> well, she, um, she died. So. <laughs> True, she's a ghost. <laughs> oh, foreshadowing! <laughs> who is this in the front with the boots? Is that that's that, Alice? That's her as well, right? Are those those ugly boots? That's that she a wears bad movie poster. poster. But it's one of those uh, where it's a bunch of faces and you don't know what it's about. Yeah, yeah, true. Wait, true. so what does it co- say? Where does a mother end and a daughter begin? That oh, makes sense. Okay. It's about codependence, and they, and they yeah, yeah, it. it's just weird because then you're know. wondering, like, you're weird. <laughs> is that the daughter and the mother at the very end and those are the transitions she goes through you know it's weird yeah, she just this is her getting older <laughs> she's a girl but not yet a woman yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so do we get to find out our next and final movie for the season yes we should we should preface this by saying this will be our season one finale. Ruth gets to pick it because she's at the end of our cycle. So, and she got to pick the twenty fifth. Wow! Hey, right, you want you want the Maya. special? I feel extra special. Mm-hmm. And my mom told me I'm special too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I picked a movie that um. Well, should I tell the movie? name first or just talk about it all right i picked the movie a movie called the truth the truth about jane um you can find it on tubi um this has got a great cast in it this has got stalker chaining uh, i love her and rupaul and um the main character is ellen muff so her basically, last name is actually muff i think i spelled it right M-U-T-H. <laughs> okay, so um, it basically the the film was nominated for um several different awards. Um, it is a lifetime movie, but I will say it's a, it's an amazing movie. I can say that I have seen it like multiple times. Aha, do you recognize the girl? Um, I'm trying to look. It's a small picture. Let me go bigger. It almost looks like the girl from Just Shoot Me from here, but. No, but oh. it is a three-word three titled show that we loved. Hold on, Hall- I, I need to. Um, Hall- I, I, I can't make the screen's not gonna is not letting me be get bigger. Hold on, close. Okay, that's a little bigger. I can't tell from here; it's too small. It's George from Dead Like Me. Oh, okay. You see her now? Kind of. <laughs> She's well, the main girl. Yeah, the dead. <laughs> well, there are other dead people too. 
Okay, Takia, I think oh. can uh, okay. usher us out. All right, I get it. Usher I'm movies theaters. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, I declare this episode of Old Fogies and Films concluded. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on Facebook and find our list on Letterboxd. Don't forget to leave a comment or review. Everybody say bye. 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 bye.